the Geosanity episode 51. Yeah. Back with Pastor Andrew. And talking about holidays of July. Well, Independence Day, of course. That's really the only one I know but of. But I used plural, Peter. Oh. And there is no surprise or hiding it that I'm not Native American. That's right. With my accent. That's uh, right. I am Czech. And Czechs have other holidays in July. So in July 4th, you have, uh, of course, Independence Day yes. here in America. But for Czechs, the next day, the 5th of July, is uh, an... Uh, Saint Cyril and Methodius Day. Those are those who brought uh, Christianity to Central Europe uh -huh. and uh, designed uh, Cyrillic for uh, Eastern Slavs. Uh -huh. But originally it was intended for my uh, ancestors, but then they switched into Latin script while this script was preserved in Bulgaria and in Russia and other parts of the Eastern Europe. Uh, so those were those who brought the Christianity together with Scottish missionaries, or Scotch-Irish missionaries. The, there was some rivalry going on uh, in Central Europe in those days, you know. And then there is for Czechs even more important holiday, and that is uh, the 6th of July. Uh, that's Jan Hus Day. That was a Czech reformer in the 15th century, early 15th century. He was uh, uh, burned on stake. Oh, God. Uh, on the 6th of July, 1415. Wow. And he was a Czech reformer, uh, predating the World Reformation right. of Martin Luther by more than 100 years. Right. And uh, that is... Um, that is a very special day for uh, Czechs and for people of Reformed faith. Hmm. Uh, they might not know about it. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, together with Waldensians, which would predate them, um, this is really uh, forerunners of Reformation as we know it mm -hmm. here. And Jan Hus was an, uh, definitely an important uh, person. Uh, he was uh, trained uh, at uh, Charles University uh, and became a master uh, of uh, sciences, which would be an equivalent to a doctor later on or a professor. Uh, he taught at the Charles University uh, and uh, engaged in uh, theology and uh, attempts to reform church and uh, was involved in high European politics and paid for it. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the situation with him. The reason why he was executed as a heretic uh, goes really to the turmoils of medieval Christianity and medieval Western church, Catholic church. Uh, because at that time, 
there were actually there there was not one pope there were not two popes there were three popes really yeah and uh there was uh one pope in in avignon uh, that was that uh, period when popes were in Avignon, but then there were attempts to bring a papacy back to Rome. So a, a, a pope for Rome was uh, elected and they coexisted, one in, in Avignon and one in Rome. And then there was another attempt to unify papacy and there was the third pope. So you had one in uh, Avignon, one uh, in Rome, and one in Pisa. Uh, and they were, they were fighting each other, and uh, different uh, royal houses of, of Europe would take sides or would uh, simply be uh, aligned with those different uh, popes. And uh, the Czech king, predominantly was aligned with, uh, at the time of Jan Hus, was aligned with the Pope in Rome. He, uh, that was uh, Wenceslas IV, uh, was the Czech uh, king and used to be a uh, Holy Roman Emperor uh, of German nation. Uh, then he lost his emperorship and that was later on claimed by his younger brother, uh, Sisigmund. And that is exactly very uh, what, what is happening. There is a very turbulent period uh, in, in Europe. And uh, we have three popes. And uh, Sisigmund, uh, with his aspirations to really lead the uh, Holy Roman Empire, he is still not a Holy Roman Emperor, but has this aspiration. Uh, is trying to get the Christendom uh, for a council in Constance to resolve these uh, problems yeah. with the uh, three popes. And meanwhile, uh, Jan Hus in Prague is involved with the Czech king brother of Sisigmund, uh, uh, Wenceslas the f uh, fourth, uh, in, in diplomatic uh, struggles and, and, and so on, and, and reforming the church from within. Uh, the, the, that was not the only problem that those uh, three popes. We actually had three popes for a reason, because uh, papacy was viewed so powerful, mm. so strong. And royal houses wanted to control the papacy. Huh. You know, there was always tug of war between who is higher, pope or king, mm -hmm. you know, or emperor. Uh, in different times it was. And this period is that clearly the royal houses are more powerful because they are electing their own popes. Uh -huh. Uh, but they want to control papacy because it gives them extra uh, legitimacy right. and power uh, and financial benefits as well. And that's exactly what is happening uh, at the time of uh, Jan Hus. For instance, one of the triggers where he got into really the great struggle is that uh, with the church was that third pope out of those three uh, in, in Pisa, 
he was John twenty third. Um, needed money for his fight with uh, with the king of Naples, and so he issued indulgences <laughs> for that. That did not go well with theologians, definitely not with Jan Hus, and he protested against that. You know, of of divine grace being this way sold. Yeah. Uh, it, it went against the, the grain of theology, uh, really. Uh, no matter what the hierarchy, church hierarchy declared, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, if, if, if you pay attention, if you really read the Bible, you know that this is not how it is uh, or how it was supposed to be. And uh, so uh, who's protested against that? And and God in 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 fight with with uh, with papacy, you know mm-hmm. what what church is for. He he also wrote uh, a book, uh, the Ecclesia, uh, about the church, uh, where he followed relatively closely John Wycliffe, that was an English reformer. Uh, who was declared after his death, uh, some of his uh, teachings were declared heretical. So Jan Hus took over (laughs) some of the, uh, now in quotation marks, heresies Mm -hmm. of John Wycliffe, uh, where he stood against, for instance, this uh, notion that uh, the the church is the holy institution, which, uh, you, you know, can grant these uh, things uh, like uh, forgiveness or gr- divine grace and how it operates through the sacraments and mm-hmm. uh, John Wycliffe originally that was an uh, English reformer protested against that and by coincidence uh, because Bo- Anne the Bohemian became the Queen of England married there and because of the contacts between House of uh, Luxembourg, which would be the Bohemian Kingdom, and English Kingdom, that information about John Wycliffe uh, came back mm. from Oxford back to Prague, mm-hmm. uh, to Prague University. Jan Hus learned about it, read that, liked that, started to think it further through and mm-hmm. develop that theology and apply it for the Central European situation and got in conflict with, uh, with the church mm-hmm. and uh, was in open conflict uh, with, with, uh, with the church uh, and then he was invited to this Council of Constance which had this major agenda in front of it like getting rid of those uh, unifying papacy <laughs> and, and reforming the church. And he was invited there. He thought, I'm in conflict with that, but they are trying to do something, uh, reform the church. I should probably go, uh, you know, to clear my name partly and and participate in this. Uh, Was in correspondence. And that was called by Sigmund. That was a younger brother of the Czech king. He was a king of Hungary at that Mm -hmm. time. And uh, some of uh, the... I, I think Croatia or some of those parts there. Uh, later on, he would claim also after the death of his uh, Czech brother, 
Venceslas, he would claim the uh, the Czech the throne also, and uh, would become an uh, Holy Roman Emperor of German nation, hmm. that part of the Central Europe. But uh, Sigmund had this big project uh, of uh, reforming the church, and also gave to uh, Jan Hus uh, promise of safe conduct, which was uh, like a letter of safe transit or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, for him to go to Constance to defend himself and participate in this discourse, mm -hmm. uh, whole European discourse. Do you think that that was um... duplicitous? Or? Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I'm not sure. Uh, he definitely did not like having an heretic. Uh, not necessarily. It, he was still not a Czech king, but he was definitely in expectation of becoming a Czech king because after his uh, older brother uh, Wenceslas uh, IV uh, was clearly in decline in that time, was losing. He, he lost his emperorship by that time and uh, so Sigmund, uh, the younger brother, uh, aspiring and so on, uh, could expect <laughs> that Bohemia would eventually, or Czech Kingdom, uh, would eventually become part of his realm. And having an heretic at, in, in Charles University, a major scholar there, uh, would be unseemly. Mm -hmm. So he, want to, he wanted to clear that. Uh, whether he wanted to lure Who's that's, there? That's it's, what I was it's, it's, a, yeah. it's 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 questionable. I I don't know. Uh, I don't think that it was that design behind it. Uh, more like uh, clearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, getting uh, not getting rid of who's, but uh, simply. Uh, so the intention was at least partly good. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I cannot say, you know, but uh, his primary intention was not really dealing with, uh, with Jan Hus. Uh, primary intention was to reform church or mm -hmm. kind of uh, get it a little better organized. So uh, Jan Hus travels to Constance uh, where he is eventually arrested, uh, kept under lock uh, and uh, declared heretic. Uh, church declared him heretic uh, and uh, uh, then civil authority <laughs> executed him uh, you know things uh, but he the, did have his say he did he, did he, speak. he had a say yeah, yeah yeah he spoke he he mostly defended himself he was not traveling there to uh, to be executed uh, definitely he knew that it was dangerous uh, that is also why he re requested, and his patrons in, in Czech Kingdom requested for him uh, this uh, promise of safe conduct, mm -hmm. uh, that that letter of safe transit, uh, which was not then kept. Or, but the the thing is that you know when he reached that destination, you know <laughs> okay. it is a matter of uh, it's a matter of dispute, you know. And that might be duplicitous mm -hmm. here. That letter of uh, safe transit 
Sigmund might consider that to be just for the transit, for getting yeah, to Constance. Once he's there, uh, it but when matter. he is there, it is he is his own agent. Yeah. Uh, while uh, patrons and his patrons and he himself uh, could consider it to be uh, safe transit there and back, and including the state. You know, I think that that uh, letter stated uh, uh, for the way there and back, uh, and uh, left unmentioned the stay. Mm -hmm. And that is that kind of legally, you see that people were always uh, <laughs> uh, these uh, legal intricacies or uh, mm -hmm. catch you kind of uh, legal uh, tricks. Th there is nothing new these yeah. days, yeah. you know, with a smaller print or yeah, un yeah. uh, left intentionally left out uh, parts and yeah. these kind of things. So, uh, but. Um, he, he defended himself, uh, he defended uh, Wycliffe to some degree, uh, or his uh, adoption of some of the Wycliffe's doctrines, which were about the function and role of church in the world. Uh, we, we mentioned that ecclesiological uh, uh, argument, you know, what church is, uh, what the What's the authority of the church? Some of it went really to the financial matters. Some of it went into the role of waging war, uh, because uh, he clearly stated that the bishops and popes should not be involved in waging war, and uh, they they should emulate Christ in his peaceful way and praying for enemies, not. Yeah. fighting them yeah. uh, on, uh, on a field with their army. Uh, so that was his other part uh, regarding those indulgences, uh, that the, those indulgences were issued to wage a war. There were more uh, medieval, really, uh, shenanigans, you can call it. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, everything was capitalized. So, uh, for instance, the major thing was uh, so-called simony, where uh, positions in churches, uh, in parishes or cathedrals, were really bought and sold. Uh, and very often, uh, bishops would simply buy the bishopry, mm -hmm. and then uh, they would not, they would be almost like an um, uh, aristocracy nobles uh, administering that region rather than really being an spiritual leaders. There'll be more financial, military, as we mentioned, and so on, administrators on behalf of the church. Like uh, clerical princes, mm -hmm. more than uh, shepherds and spiritual leaders, and uh, they would rarely preach or engage in a substantial theological discussion or anything of that kind. Uh, so they would buy their cathedral and then hire uh, 
people to do that part of proper church business mm -hmm. <laughs> for them or proper part of the church life mm. like baptisms and weddings and funerals and Sunday sermons and masses uh, they would have people for it and they would administer their bishopry the same way so they would sell individual parishes to highest bidder and very often they would take especially if they were uh, profitable that'll happen on a lower level as well so person would buy a nice parish and take care of administration of that parish but would uh, hire uh, poor clergy to work for him mm -hmm. to do the life of that parish to, to to take care of it and they themselves would hardly ever touch uh, anything spiritually in that parish and and all of that was kind of fully capitalized and this is mm -hmm. what was called simony Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that they would buy their offices within the church for money. Mm -hmm. And that was something that that uh, reform movement definitely in Bohemia or in Czech Kingdom was uh, really struggling with uh, because they saw it in, in clear uh, contradiction to what what is in, in the New Testament. Right. And um, so that, that is uh, what is happening at the time. And in addition to that, after a really blossoming and economical prosperity period under Charles IV, that was the father of Enceslas and Sisigmund, you know, he was, uh, he had a good luck and he was a very good king, emperor, and administrator. And so under him, the whole region blossomed. Mm -hmm. Then after him, uh, definitely his oldest son was not that good, <laughs> probably not that bright either, had a problem with alcoholism. And so the economy and everything started to collapse. He was not that in, in interested in, in ruling, really, you know, one is reminded almost of our current predicament with current president, you know, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so economy tanked, and with that came a big tension within the society, uh, social tension, and uh, that expanded into middle classes, we would these days say, and that'll be, for instance, a lot of... Uh, uh, well-educated clergy like Jan Hus and others and he, actually many more he, he had a stable position in, in at the university but you know there were many other who who, who struggled mm -hmm. and that created this uh, uh, ferment within the society and and with with the unemployed clergy or intelligentsia you you had uh, thought leaders in it as well 
So that all created very, very uh, combustible atmosphere, mm -hmm. very, very uh, kind of dangerous. And so uh, after Janus was executed this uh, really damning way, uh, while his uh, letter of safe transit was not uh, respected, or at least was viewed as not respected yeah. by, by his patrons in Bohemia, nobility in Bohemia, uh, Czechs got pretty pissed off. Mm. <laughs> and they protested, you know, execution of Jan Hus uh, and uh, Jeremy of Prague. There was another one, a theologian, who came with Jan Hus. Jan Hus was more prominent, but Jeremy of Prague was executed shortly afterwards. Oh, wow. So there were two uh, theologians from Prague executed in Constance as heretics. And uh, that was something which did not go well in, in Prague with, with his patrons and, and everyone around. Uh, and then came World Reformation, and, and Czechs uh, really aligned themselves with Lutherans. One wing would align themselves with Lutherans, while the other wing, more radical wing within Czech Reformation, would align themselves with Calvinistic Reformation. Was the World Reformation really influenced by this event? By, like, in other words, w would the World Reformation have happened if this didn't happen or would it have happened later you know is, is there any effects that this had on that happening it's it's difficult to say but there there was definitely uh there was a mutual knowledge of each other and uh i i would not say that uh, martin luther was inspired by jan hus mm. I think that he came to his uh, he came to his uh, theology and theological insight on his own. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the some things there might be floating in the air, and he picking it, but not assigning it or direct links. I don't think that it is a coincidence that Jan Hus protested the selling of indulgences, and that was a trigger for Martin Luther as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was of a different kind of indulgences. I would say that Hus' protest against indulgences was <laughs> more appropriate because it was selling indulgences to wager war. Right. In, in time of uh, Martin Luther, those were indulgences to remodel Rome and uh, finish building uh, St. Peter's uh, Cathedral mm. there, Basilica. Luther was also more concerned about the style and theology of that selling of indulgences, you know, and went deeper with mm -hmm. that. But here you see it, you know, because they did not take seriously who's 100 years earlier. They they executed him, but the troubles did not go away. Yeah. You know, if, if you kill the messenger, the message is still there. Yeah. And then Jan Hus is uh, commemorated and mentioned everywhere. It was just 600 years, a few years ago, and we celebrated it oh, in yeah. our church here in Radgas Church. Yeah. Uh, 
on the nearest Sunday. I, I remember that. Uh, and, um, you know, wherever Czechs are, you will find uh, Jan Hus churches. So there was uh, Jan Hus uh, Presbyterian Church here in New York. Uh, there is, I think, still a Jan Hus Church, uh, Jan Hus Presbyterian Church in Binghamton. There is a Moravian uh, Jan Hus Church in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, and then you can find Jan Hus very often in on stained glass windows of, of Protestant churches, Lutheran mm. as well as Presbyterian and, and others wherever there is this deeper understanding of history and recognition of, um, you know, the Reformation heritage. Mm -hmm. So I was I surprised that I found uh, this, uh, uh, the Jan Hus on stained glass window in Savannah, Georgia, oh, in, yeah. in a Presbyterian <laughs> church, for instance. Wow. Uh, and what's a good way to celebrate this day? July 6th, like what, what should we, be pondering on that day? I, I think that for me, that uh, heritage on the, of Jan Hus is very tightly associated with his uh, deep devotion to the truth, yeah. which for him was uh, almost co-equal with, with Christ or with what Christ represented. Uh, there are some very beautiful quotations, especially as he was uh, incarcerated in Constance and was corresponding with his followers and, uh, and patrons back in, in Czech Kingdom. For instance, he writes in, in his letter to Prachatice, uh, to Prachatice, uh, uh, where there was a community of his followers. Uh, it is better to die well than to live wrongly. Who is afraid of death loses the joy of life. Truth prevails all, prevails who is killed because no adversity can harm him who is not dominated by injustice. Mm. Therefore, faithful Christians seek the truth, listen to the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, tell the truth, defend the truth, even to death. Yeah. Uh, that, that is to me, I, I think that it is, I, I remember that being uh, like inscribed in some homes or being yeah. framed in, in some Protestant, uh, Czech Protestant homes. Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to pin down this exact quotation. I think it is like a distilled quotation. Mm -hmm. You know, it is so much close to what Hus would say. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be like a memory of him saying that yeah. in one of his sermons or something like that. Uh, one of his last words was really, I call God to witness that all I have written and preached has been to rescue souls from sin. There can be no turning back. My Lord walked the path of truth and duty, even though it took him to Calvary. Can I, 
one of his humble followers turned back now? To witness to God's truth is more important than life. Joyfully, then, will I confirm with my blood all the writings and preachings of truth that I have held. Into thy hands, O Lord, I commit my spirit. So that those are the statements uh, really preserved uh, uh, from the final moments yeah. uh, of, of his life. And then there is this legendary statement when, when he observed uh, some, uh, some elderly peasant lady adding wood to the fire upon which he was being oh. burned. Uh, saying in Latin, sancta simplicitas, a holy simplicity, and that, that, that is a sign to be wow. his last word. Wow. Sort of, and then singing some, some hymn or mm -hmm. some song uh, while being burned on stake. Wow. Uh, so, um, he is definitely one of the major uh, Christian. Uh, Characters of, of the history, right? You know, and, and, and recognized by by people uh, around the world. So that was why it was so uh, somehow hurting when New York uh, City Yanhu's Church decided ask the presbytery to divest itself of of his name. They changed it. That they, they changed oh. it into something more modern and generally oh. appealing, as if uh, instead this of just like bringing bringing this story to them, and then they would maybe say, "Oh, that's amazing that our church is named after him. What a hero! What an and, inspirational uh, story!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred years and, before the Reformation. Oh, wow! And well, and 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 you can you can actually. It's a solid theology upon which mm. you can build mm -hmm. your testimony. You don't need to constantly refer to it, but That's you can right. use it as an inspiration for your, for your witness and testimony in this place. Mm. What we need That's more sad. is to, to bring it up. That's right. Jan Hus is there. Mm -hmm. You know, because... No matter who you are, if you are a theologian or if you are thinking uh, theologically or as a historian even, yeah. you cannot miss Jan Hus, you cannot miss Martin Luther. Yeah. You know, you might theologically disagree or ecclesiastically or something like that, but you cannot just deny that those were a major uh, figures of the Christian history. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot deny Augustine or Tertullian, yeah. or <laughs> yeah. you, you know uh, Gregory the Great. Yeah. As much as I, I might disagree with some of those, you, you yeah. know, you, the, the, you have Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? Uh, you, you, Bishop Romero. You, you, you have all these uh, major figures. You know, now I'm really it's. Uh, <laughs> you know, collecting them from all different centuries. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, St. Francis. <laughs> yeah. All these are a major figures. Like we have St. Francis 
churches, why not to have Jan Hus right. churches? Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Or well, thank you for lifting him up. Oh, I would be a bad Czech That's if right. I did not do That's that. That's right. This is part of you. Or Czech American, <laughs> or American Czech, or yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Yeah. July sixth. Let's remember Jan Hus. Yeah. Remember and and take up his fight for truth. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you.